0: Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana. I'm from the University of Oslo and I'm here with James Heathers from Cypher Skin. So for this episode, we are going to talk about a paper. And uh, for this paper, it wasn't actually the paper that was making the rounds on Twitter. It was one of the figures in the papers, which we'll get to. But um, let's let's talk about the paper itself. And this was uh, published recently in PLOS Computational Biology, and it is titled 10 Simple Rules to Improve Academic Work-Life Balance. And this is a common theme. Oh, it
1: certainly was. Common yes. Common theme in common this journal. Common theme here yeah. and yeah. elsewhere. And yes, and yes, in this journal. I remember reading something else that was in uh, CompBio that was, that was about this. Um, let's actually go through all the 10 rules. Let's Dan. do it. I mean, that's a nice way to structure a paper if we're going to put it in a goddamn podcast. Like, break it down into subheadings. Like, hey, we don't have to write our own today. They're doing our job.
0: <laughs> so we've got to, we've got four authors here, and they're all co-first authors, um, which is which is another another discussion. Um, but
1: uh, okay. so I'm going to let that slide for today. <laughs> continue the
0: the introduction. It makes for very grim reading about um, <laughs> issues about work-life balance. In academia Mm -hmm. so you can have a read for that yourself uh but let's jump into the rules um that the um these authors have put together okay first rule long hours do not equal productive hours james
1: one of those things that continually needs to be said because it continually needs to be heard um completely true completely and entirely true um i I remember uh when when my wife was still working at the at the labs in harvard i I went to pick her up once and some biological experiments do not brook you uh, taking time off like you may start in the morning, you may have animals, you may do preparations, you may wait for something to culture, and then you may work until. The, uh, the tissue samples or the cultures that you've prepared are available not to be in there anymore. So, you know, some days you might get three good ones and then suddenly you've got 10 good ones. So 10 data points for the day, that's massive. Um, and could, it, could, it could save you multiple days if you get them all out of, the, out of the way. So it was reasonably normal for days to blow into 10, 11, 12 hours. So uh, this was a particularly late one. So I went to sort of drag her out by area in a nice way. And there was someone else who was working at the lab. And the reason that she was there, which was admitted at the time, she was sitting she was shopping on Amazon or listening to music or sitting with a thumb up her ass or something. And the reason that she was there, which is something that like you could have a conversation about, was basically a pure form of presenteeism. I'm here because I'm supposed to be here because it's. I mean, this is like seven or eight at night. You know, after starting at a normal time with a normal stand up meeting and still going. And that very straightforward example is happening all over the place and is maintained by people who have insecurities around how much gets done, people who don't put enough time, effort, or interest into the people who work for them to be able to structure tasks properly. Uh, there's a lot of uh, external industries where that sort of stupid shit wouldn't be tolerated. And if you've got a contract that says five o'clock, I mean, maybe sometimes you state at like 20 past five or something. And every now and again, you've got to pull a really hard one. But it is very much understood that that has consequences. And presenteeism in science, especially when, as I've said, there are lots of reasons to have to be working late in a place. And a tremendous amount to do is a fucking cancer on productivity. It really is. A lot of the time, it's just a terrible idea, and it also it also belies a culture where a lot of people don't have the position, uh, or or sometimes even the sort of like no one's ever told them that it was legitimate to say, "I have too much shit to do. It's going to take longer." You're expected to just that means like someone gives you two platters of shit and you think, oh God, well, you know, I've only got a teaspoon and I was only going to eat one, but oh I guess the second one's here. You don't pick the second one up, fling it at them and go, you eat your own shit. Um, Or very nicely you have to say, it's going to take me until next Wednesday because I only got a teaspoon. After that particularly distasteful analogy, um, I can see why this is rule one. It's still a thing. This fucking deeply backwards 1960s kind of idea that suddenly more will get done if we just create the social expectation that people can be healed longer. I mean, it wouldn't work with teenagers. Why the hell would it work with adults? You think people have forgotten how to skive off secretly? (laughs) You're just, you're just devaluing the time on. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with this and I'm fine with it being number one. And it does need to be said in something that's being read by people who are ECRs because they need to know that it's something that has to be managed. And if it's not being managed in front of them, then whoever is supervising or working with them is doing a bad job. Sorry.
0: Maybe it's the supervisors that need to read this rather than the ECRs, though the ones who actually well, give those expectations. I had a prior. You'd hope so. I'd. I'd hope so. I had a prior position where there. This was the expectation. Um, you know, you had your contracted hours, but you should do that little bit extra on top. Um, but there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> what I found, <laughs> but, but, but back in the day, back in the day when Twitter was was very much text based some some genius had come up with a Twitter app which was disguised as an Excel spreadsheet so all the updates you would see the first column would be the user and the second column would be the actual tweet and that's what I did I was people were walking past like oh this this plug's added again with these Excel spreadsheets but it was actually uh, I was, it was I was actually just uh, sc- scrolling on Twitter purely because there was nothing to do but I just needed to sit there to actually demonstrate that I was still at work and it was ridiculous it was
1: just <laughs> it was so stupid Yep, and I I would strongly make the argument that if you'd spent that time literally watching television, you would be better equipped mentally to go back and do exactly the same thing exactly. tomorrow. Exactly, exactly. Because it, it's time off, time off, and time off is you know one of its jobs. Apart from the fact that you should just have it because you want it, and it's a basic tenet of human dignity. But it's also going to help you do the time on.
0: But I think a lot so of this is. So why would
1: you why would you want to fuck with it?
0: I think a lot of this is also competition between labs. So when you have a building full of labs, um, some PIs don't want to be seen as the as the as the lab where people don't work late. They they want to be seen as the lab which is working hard. But I think all this is pretty silly because if you actually know that um, these long hours aren't going to necessarily lead to to to, to better papers. If you have a well-rested lab, you're going to be more productive, so you're going to give yourself a competitive advantage. So you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot.
1: Well, yeah, this is, an, you know, like like I said, I I think I think it's born of the anxieties of the people who run the place a lot of the time. That's that's all. I think that's why the uh, environment evolves in the first place. Let's do another one. All right, I'm going to read this one out because. Um, because fuck you, that's why. Rule two, examine your options for flexible work practices.
0: This is a good one. And um, I think it's also particularly relevant now that people are thinking about, are we going to continue with um, flexible sort of half hybrid um, working from home, going to the office type uh, work. I don't know for some people, for some different types of sciences, that is not practical, especially if you're at the bench. You, you can't be sort of doing, doing CRISPR in your kitchen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you, could, you could
0: try. You could try. Um, so yeah, th- this is particularly relevant. Um, but I think this is one of those points where, again, a lot of that is outside the power of the actual early career researcher and is determined by the supervisor who may or may not allow for these flexible, um, Flexible uh, packages, but I think they make a really good point with this article. Going, um, think about this when you're actually looking and negotiating your job offers. So, for instance, if you have a job offer for for, for a postdoc or a PhD, um, then you can actually negotiate. Oh, you know, is, is there a is there a facility to actually work from home a certain amount of days a week? Um, you know, assuming you don't have to go into the office. Um, so, I think mm. it's one of those things where if you're part of that culture where it's difficult to get that, it's going to be hard. But when you're actually going into a new position, and I, th- I think it's super important to actually get these practices right from the very beginning because it's very hard to change these practices when you're in the middle of this of, of this supervisor sort of, um, sort of mentor mentee relationship. So getting it from the very beginning is is is, is going to help. But um, look, it's I, I think there's there's so many studies which actually show that when it comes to you being happy with your work, having it's having that control which is actually related most to whether you're happy with 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 your having control over what you do from day to day is one of the most important oh. predictors of satisfaction and you having that flexibility i think is is a, a massive contribution towards that
1: yeah fair enough i mean it's it's one of the few things that people still get to cite um when occasionally you know, someone who has a a stable uh Mid mid career or late career job, and one of the things that they all still occasionally say they like when they're not complaining about the other pieces is I still appreciate the flexibility.
0: Yeah,
1: if you have to make that argument, um, something that I've said before, and certainly something that's been said to me, is um, I'm a lot more productive. I'm a lot more productive with that distraction. So you've got something you know you can dig in on and you know you can make a lot of progress and you just don't want to be interrupted. It's much easier to not commute. It's much easier to not talk to people. Uh, and it's much easier to have all of your food in your fridge, um, assuming you live somewhere that isn't terrible, of course, which is maybe you'd, maybe you'd want to maybe you'd want to come to work. But that's that's the whole point of the flexibility and actually being offered as an option. But again, handled right, this is in the interest of the people who run the place. We're not, we're not, we're not going to get away from that. I have a data scientist now um, in my job. Um, I prefer it when he works from home. He just doesn't live close enough to the office that I'm not wasting his time every day in the car when i don't have to i know more or less when he wakes up and more or less when he goes to bed because we talk on the internet and i don't try and i'm I'm super flexible with it because everything gets done and he's got a lot of other stuff to do if i was a hard ass about that i guarantee you i would get 60 to 70 percent of the same amount of things done so i've got one rule which is just tell me like are you going to go and do a thing all right, tell me. Okay, is it reasonable to get all of this stuff done? But also, the thing is, you've got to continue to create expectations. Are we going to get all that stuff done by here? Uh, yes, we can do that. All right. Are we committed? You sure? Yeah, it should be. It should be no problem um, because of this and this. All right. Well, if that's the case, then you know, you figure out how to get there. You know, does that mean taking ninety minutes off over lunch to do a thing? Yes. All right. Hit it on the flip. Why the fuck would you get invested in it? Like I said, it's again, it's an insecurity thing. So there will be formal, especially universities. They've had all this fuss. Oh, we're going to do distance. We're going to do remote. We're going to come back. Everyone's going to get the plague. No, they're not. Everything's going to be fine. No, it isn't. Oh, we can't sell residential dorms and make a lot of money. Oh, people aren't enrolling. Oh, the faculty hate teaching online. Obviously, it's very complicated. But what it means is there's probably a formal policy somewhere. It means that there's there's going to be uh, guidance that has to be set at an organizational level. Find out what it is. It shouldn't be too hard. I know people don't like reading the terms and conditions, but it's a habit you should definitely get into. Find out what that shit is because it might be able to help you. Read the next one, Dan.
0: Rule four, commit to strategies that increase your... No, sorry, I've skipped one. Rule three, set boundaries to establish your workplace and time.
1: I was waiting for you to finish rule four. And hoping that rule three was pay close attention yeah. to detail and uh, yeah, call myself. Well, yeah, set 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 boundaries to establish your workplace and yeah, this is this is this is all boilerplate. Um, ask ask people not to talk to you past a certain time. Turn off email notifications after a certain time. Uh, set an example. Try to yeah, un, unfuck pieces of your house so you can relax in them. I mean, it's all it's it's re- it's reasonably standard advice. At the end of the day, um, what would be a lot more useful than saying this one, though, is there are plenty of people in the world, academia and otherwise, who do not appreciate a boundary occurring around a conversation. Well, you know, I'm very junior and I wish to do this. How could you? How could you broach this how subject with me? How dare you be me young. Your, your God and King. Yes. How dare you be? You're, you're temporarily challenged. How could you? How could you possibly bring that shit to me? So, how to how to open that box and have the conversation um, with someone who may not be perfectly reasonable? A lot of the time, is the actual mechanics of that would be better advice than than, than doing the thing. But yeah, everyone. This, obviously, I mean, you get the point after the the first three of these. I mean, it's just teaching people like, hey, what are basic professional expectations at a reasonable job in a white-ish, collar-ish job in the developed world to do a thing, you know? So, I mean, that goes into that big bucket. I don't think we need to say too much more about it.
0: I think, uh, you know? one thing before we go to the next one um i, I love um a, a year or two ago i sent an email out to someone i don't know and they the email signature was um my that i think they happened to be i think i was collaborating with them on a paper They happened to be like head of department in some psychology department somewhere and they mm. said um my work hours may be different from yours i don't expect you to respond to my emails outside your typical work hours and being a head of department I think that's, that, that's, that's, that's fantastic because a lot of people getting an email from the head of the department would, would uh, at 9 PM, um, might mm. feel very anxious waking up going, shit, I missed this email. And, um, if I was, if only I was awake, I should have responded, but doing that kind of stuff, I think if, if you're very senior, um, is, or if you're running a lab or running a department, I think is, is, is fantastic. So I love that kind of stuff. Okay. James, next rule. Rule number four.
1: Oh, you got that right. We well, already gave the game away, didn't you? Commit to strategies that increase your efficiency and productivity. Well, manage your time, minimize decision fatigue, collaborate, do not overcommit, discover your own strategies. Now, all of that, again, is, I mean, you can read it off the back of the self-help book. Until you get to the last one, this is something that is set nowhere near enough. I was complaining about this not with this podcast in mind but because um business literature drives me crazy uh, and the certain kind of uh I call it hustle porn sometimes you know these people work work until the insides of your head turn into putty and you basically look like a pool of strawberry jam ha, ha it'll be it'll be good it won it's toilet and it's very unrealistic um this is, this is me complaining about it this morning. The only genuine characteristic of high performers that I'm aware of is not wasting a second's worth of thought on the minor personal habits of other high performers. <laughs> I'm not getting up at four to fucking meditate, but at the same time, I don't expect you to be doing something out of curiosity at two in the morning. I'm, I'm a night owl. I've always been a night owl. I have to structure my work a lot of the time around When I wake up, when I go to bed, when I expect other people to be awake. Yeah. This can be easy sometimes between cities and sometimes it can be really hard between cities. I had to take really important calls with people in Europe at 6.30 and 7 in the morning. Now, that's the middle of the night for me. I want to go to bed at half past two and wake up at nine. My body does that. If you left me in, you know, those uh, experiments that they did in the underground bunkers. I love it. Like circadians. Didn't they have like a bi-
0: bimodal distribution? They, people woke up in the middle of the night and had a snack and went back to sleep again.
1: Um I, I don't, it's actually a surprisingly long time ago, uh, that research, but it, it's, um, it, it's certainly worth rereading. I, I should at some point in time. And, you know, when people say it's a strategy that works for you. Now, if I read this thing that says, wake up, 4 o'clock, meditation, 4.05, um, uh, go for a run, 4.30, uh, 5.15, emails. It's like, did you not have a shower, you sweaty motherfucker? She's like <laughs> You should say smelly emails. Uh, like, f- 5.15, do emails. 7 o'clock, go to work. Uh, ensuing 12 hours, master the universe. Uh, fucking drive home. Talk to your family for a regulated period of 20 minutes. 17 Um, minutes exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some macrobiotic sprouts, shove them up your ass, fucking get your personal assistant to give you a haircut. I don't fucking know. If I tried doing any of that stuff, I would be- I mean, I'm occasionally obstreperous. You've learned to deal with it through a combination of your own good nature um, and the fact that you know a lot of the time it's just- How I've sort of evolved to communicate through, you know, it's just me a lot of the time. And if I had to do this, I would be 40 times more unpleasant. (laughs) Yeah, this thing that's like structure your life, make it perfect. Just like all those other like motherfuckers who are running companies and founding organizations and going on lists that are in Forbes as, you know, biggest wankers in a bucket or whatever it is. Right. Um, there's absolutely no chance any of that would work for me. Everything that I do that's structured like that is built from thinking about how to work around other shit that happens. Right professional shit, biological shit, circumstantial shit. All mix it together. And yeah, you have to figure out your own stuff. One really great component of any given core strategy is finding out when there's a commitment and someone says, you absolutely have to be here at nine in the morning, something, something. Um, take that and work backwards. I mean, a lot of the time when I'm, uh, when I'm physically in, uh, city where I have an office, I start from, like, the start time where the thing has to happen and I work back in five-minute increments so I do it shit like getting up at 8.25. <laughs> it, <laughs> but that's a, that's a strategy. That's a strategy. That's a strategy. I've literally spreadsheeted that shit. I used to know that it took me nine minutes to walk to work. Uh, uh, the, the, the office that we, we had until recently, it took me Is nine strategy, minutes mate, to walk where, to Where's work. the Medium
0: blog post t- telling everyone how to run their lives? <laughs>
1: because it's not interesting to write about that, Dan, and it's, this is, I mean, this is fine in this context, but I mean, I don't want to say that as it's only being said because it's coming up in this context. It's not interesting to me to say, but discover your own strategies is a superb tip and very definitely goes into the big bucket of how to have a mature relationship with your job when your job is important and people rely on you and you get paid.
0: On those sort of blog posts, I think it's very obvious when the writer doesn't have kids or is not actively involved in making the
1: kids. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, I'm like, yeah. mate, mate, you got, you got no yeah. idea. Okay. Rule number, yeah.
1: You know, there's there's fucking men who, who who treat their wives as like a, you know, like this is this this is my wife. She's my conversation piece. Um, she's my primary caregiver. She raises my children, and occasionally she's basically like a real doll to me. Ha 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 ha. You know, you are a piece of shit. Yeah. Wanker. And everything everything that you say revolves around the fact that you've basically gone out. Uh, you've gone out into the world with whatever emotional capacity and probably money that you have to try and find yourself a sex mum. Just shut up and cram your bad advice. No one's interested in your allegedly perfect life. And, you know, those are those. Yeah, it's just I mean, I'm mean sure you you would not choose to express it that way, Daniel, but I'm sure <laughs> people give you advice from a very child free perspective. Oh, you just go, no, no. Or no
0: rule number five: Have a long-term strategy to help with prioritization and review it regularly. This is probably my favorite one, and mm, I saw okay. I saw a sigh from you. Um, this has been one because I think this one kind of supersedes almost all the other points here because it helps you make decisions on what to say yes and no to. Um, I when I was a PhD student. I sort of had this idea of I pretty much said yes to everything. And I realize I'm saying that from a point of privilege um, because a lot of people can't do that because they don't have the, 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 the time. Um, luckily, at the time, as I was a PhD student, my wife was making a lot more money than me because <laughs> she was working in the private sector. Wouldn't be hard. Wouldn't be hard as a PhD student in Australia. Um, so, I was able to say yes to all these opportunities. Um, but then when you get a little bit more senior, um, of course, you have to learn to say no to some stuff because there just isn't enough hours in the day to say yes to all the opportunities coming your way. And so, for me, um, having this long-term strategy of this is where I want to get to in a few years' time has been really important for helping me make decisions as to what to say yes and no to. Um, and I think this is one of the best bits of advice you could possibly give because it's one of those ones which you can sort of shape so many of these things are not relevant you know have a flexible work schedule yeah if you're growing a brain culture uh a, a, you know a <laughs> yeah. culture which has to be tended to every single day of the year there's no flexibility there but having a yeah. long
1: yeah if you're doing if you're doing behavioral neuroscience you know i need to do this training task every day for 72 days yeah. because i'm interested in like you know every eight hours for the next fucking six weeks or whatever it is
0: that, that, that's what you do. No flexibility. So for the, for the other bits of advice, yeah. it's either contingent on what you do and also contingent on your 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 supervisor or your work environment. For this one is one that is you can apply to whatever sort of position that you're doing. And it's something that's really helped me. So that is why I think this is actually my favorite rule. And I, I saw you rolling your eyes a bit, James, that, that oh, I was such a fan
1: but- I'm rolling my eyes at you largely, you love planning and long term strategies, and you're very invested in your success and it's all tremendously mature and annoying a lot of the time. I mean I'm sure it works and it's just also irritating so so you um, don't have
0: long term plans
1: no no i i I do, but here's 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 the problem the 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 tasks that are in this. You may not know how to break them down. You may not know how to turn them into anything that's actionable. I mean, actions are given here, but if I was going to try and say the same sentiment, I wouldn't choose any of the, any of the same words, right? It would. I, I would be dealing with something that comes further up the chain, which is make a really genuine concerted effort to figure out exactly what it is you're interested in that is going to fill out the long-term plan in the first place. A lot of people don't have a fucking plan because they have no idea what they're supposed to plan towards. And is this is related to the concept of luck when it comes to um You know, there's like a combination of uh, preparation and the ability to be exposed to a lot of things that you can be lucky in front of. Yeah? I mean, it's very hard to sit in your house under a blanket and be lucky. Very few things penetrate the blanket. So, well, how does that relate to have a long-term strategy? I think it means... If you need the, the thing that comes before have a long-term strategy is have a north star of where you wish it to go in the first place. I mean this is the mechanics of how to put that together and I think people miss something earlier up the causal chain. Honestly, I think that's the center of the problem. Because I mean, if I said to you tomorrow, okay, Dan, you have to go and become a certain kind of data scientist at a certain kind of company to do a certain kind of thing, right? You would immediately figure out how to prioritize around that. Even if it was extremely unfocused, you go and learn the right stuff. You go and try and talk to the right people. Um, you probably practice the, the, if you wanted to get the job, you may practice the interview that you could expect. You may practice for doing uh, coding interviews, for instance, which are very common. Uh, in in jobs like that. You, you may talk to someone who's a resume consultant. Now, all of that's the thing here, but I mean, the only reason that it's possible for you to immediately come up with all of that is because I've just told you what to do. And that is, I mean, a lot of guides for ECR people are the mechanics of how to deal with a decision or an opinion or an emotion that you have. And they're never cognizant sometimes of the fact that people just don't have a lot of clarity. And the the clarity is intimately related to the options that they have. And intimately related to that is the options that they feel like they have. So how do you find out? Now, this is a very abstract point. And look, there's nothing inherently wrong with you know, think about a long-term goal, but any long-term goal like this uh, that I've ever had, I didn't really have a plan as much as I just sort of every spare thing that I had, I sort of threw the time into it without even really meaning to and figured it out along the way. That's how, I mean, I didn't have a plan to do error detection work. I was just compelled to get involved in this particular task and then charged boldly forth and smashed my head against a lot of stuff. Um sometimes the plan and the strategy is is impossible to set without the direction. Anyway, like I say it's not it's it's not it's not bad. It's not it's not bad advice. I, I just... but also, I mean everything I just said has absolutely no place whatsoever in plus computational <laughs> biology. <laughs> so look, fair, fair cop, maybe I'm being completely unreasonable, which has never happened before, never. so this will be the first time.
0: Rule, okay, rule number six: Make your health a priority.
1: Oh, this is just um, yeah, fine, okay, yeah, it's- you know, get enough get enough sleep. Don't go crazy, etc., etc. Um, I I like things like this a lot less when it comes to um. I mean, you have an environment. The environment is inherently unhealthy the whole idea of learn to learn to react to that by changing your habits and facilitating it is not dangerous, but it's on a continuum that has danger on it. So if you work in toilet lab and toilet lab is ruining your life and toilet supervisor runs toilet lab and the whole thing basically is an enormous toilet do mindfulness exercise. I mean, you see this with these outreach programs and shit like that, you know. We've got a counsellor, and so we can come to the counsellor and tell you just how much your fucked work situation is you can work through exactly how fucked it is, you know. For only the princely sum of, no. <laughs> no, I mean, it would it would be free a lot of the time. But, I mean, the, the alternative sort of like professional sphere of that advice is like when you're working with pricks, uh, when you're in a situation that where you don't have any options, you got to learn when to hold them and learn when to fold them. You got to learn when something if if something makes you need that much fucking broccoli and mindfulness, then at what point in time do you pull the pin and go and do something else, or do you try and get some kind of goddamn ombudsman involved because it's toilet? Um. So, I mean, this is I mean, there's there's a point where. There's good advice that's continually worth saying. I didn't really have a problem with repetition, but the whole idea of, you know, eat a balanced fucking diet. And I mean, yeah, you could, you could, you could lift this one out, you know, and we can do the next one while we're at it. Make time for your hobbies yeah. and relaxation, regularly interact with family and friends. <sighs> yeah, it's exactly the same. I mean, if you need a paper in an academic journal to tell you to call your mother, then cool. Um, but I can't really relate to that. So, uh, can we just go straight to rule eight?
0: Rule eight, make time for volunteer work or similar commitments that are important and meaningful for you. Uh, I guess these are related to to the previous two points as well. A bit more explicit. Yes,
1: but it's also the thing that I think that there is, I mean, I've done a lot of volunteer stuff. Mainly cat-related cat volunteer stuff. Is anyone who? Yes, yes, I've been there for a very long time, um, and yeah, there's a only a small amount of it is taking photos of kittens. Usually, it's more the sort of uh, like shoveling shit and lifting boxes kind of uh, end of proceedings. Um, whereas you can imagine, as a gentleman of size, um, these things that can contributions occasionally come in handy. Um, one thing volunteer work can do is fuck with your perception of the whole idea that everything needs to be valued and structured and whatever. A lot of the time it's very open. It's it's quite sort of stochastic. You go because it's... An, and you you find yourself sort of settling into it where you, you end up looking forward to it, even if it's a task that you wouldn't enjoy in your own house. And there's a degree to which I I think it is, it's almost like a, once the sort of habits formed. It it fucks with your perception of what work is in the first place. And it changes your thinking a little bit. And obviously, I mean, I don't need to go into, uh, it's nice to help charitable causes. I mean, that can go up with rule six and, and, and make sure you eat lots of fucking um, monounsaturated fats and fucking whole grains, whatever. Um, it's 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 a good it's a good diversion. I'm I'm a strong believer in in donating time to structure that's elsewhere like that. And it is also something that I think a lot of people haven't thought of in the way that it's occurred to them to get more sleep. It probably hasn't occurred to them to go to a dog shelter and help out. Um I I I I, I like this.
0: Yeah, I think one. Okay. That, I think one thing, one thing. that's important for me for the next one is doing something which is kind of outside of academia because you can say I'm going to volunteer. Oh, do, God, yes. I'm going to volunteer and do this thing, and you yeah, know volunteering is great. Um, but if possible, <laughs> doing it outside of academia, um, would be could could, could be a good thing because those things will just it's 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 too easy to to meld together. Okay, rule number nine.
1: Yeah, that um, and if you're working in an animal shelter and you go in and there has been an accident. And trust me this involves sometimes can involve multiple animals at both ends especially kittens in cages oh my god you don't even want to know um, yeah the last thing you're going to be thinking about dealing with something like that is a fucking papi or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good diversion and you'll be helping the kittens and all so yes fine accept it
0: win win rule number 9 seek out help seek out or help create here, and institutional support systems. I like this. It's not the sort of thing that you well, often. Well, s-
1: why? Why are we here?
0: Yeah, exactly. It is not mm. the sort of thing that you often see within these uh, advice pieces. Um, and it's yeah it's not just a, and if it doesn't exist in your organization then create it i quite like that and it's something which is low friction we have slack we have a number of different platforms in which you can actually create these support systems um, oh
1: yeah there's some there's some big slack groups when this comes out let's 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 get a let's let's get a malone going where yeah. people can um people can post up the you know, uh, various groups of various sort of demographics of support i assume most of them will be the sort of early career kind yeah. of demographic in some context or another um there's lots there's lots um and do you want to, do you want to know something really uh, something uh, that 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 makes these things really super fucking useful bear in mind that having a community of 800 people to talk to is super fucking valuable when you're doing something like looking for a job mm. yeah um the, yeah It is. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying I agree with you. So the people, people who are going to help you. I mean, it's it. There is. um, Oh Christ, I've forgotten the exact name because it's super anodyne, but it's a sort of a women in sports science, kinesiology, something, something group. And I know someone who's in it. And the first, like the first thing I did when I knew I was going to do a new hire, the first thing I did was ask if there was any way I could put it there. Because someone who's already in that environment is thinking about that, that stuff. Like mentally, we're going to be super aligned. Mm. Yeah. Which well, is the thing, institutional support, structure, help people, something. And but at the same time, we're all interested enough in this to, to, to like talk about it. That feels like- That feels like a great place. And I had a great candidate and she took a postdoc elsewhere. Kind of do that um yeah yeah it 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 was and then the the proper job search kicked off and i i didn't get i didn't get to repost it but um ah i i I really wanted to hire her um she was uh, like her experience was bang on and that is that is where she came from so people people like me also think that those things are resources for um, you know, if you're going to have the right kind of parameters. I mean, what, what are we here complaining about as we gradually age? I don't think we're going to change our perspective on it too much. I, um, I quite like this Have you? No, oh, go on, go on. I, I quite like this point because they, they, they wrote something that I was
0: kind of thinking as I was reading through the article, which was a lot of this stuff is constrained by lab culture. Um, or by just general pressure from the academic system. And they write in this paragraph, and I quote, Finally, if your ability to effectively implement the advice in Rules 1 to 8 is constrained by the culture in your lab or pressure from the academic system, seek support from mentors and advocate for yourself and for the change you would like to see. Mm. Great. Rule number.
1: Yeah. It sort of under undercuts a lot of my complaining, but I mean, you know... A- yeah, this is, I mean, that's, that's, it's also a, it's a very, it's a very short pen to, um, I mean, that, that process in and of itself, like how, how to handle the kind of human elements of that is, I mean, that's, that's the thing you're going to be texting up your friends about in the middle of the night, not whether or not you ate the fucking broccoli. Go on, Dan. <laughs>
0: yeah. Number 10, open a dialogue about the importance of work life balance and advocate for systemic change.
1: Yeah, talk about all the talk about all the above. Sure, mm,
0: yeah,
1: you know, join join a graduate, postdoctoral researcher associations, jun- uh, unions, or work councils to act- uh, actively pursue, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, so I'm not saying don't do those things. I think people should do those things. I mean, I was in a postdoctoral association. I was in a union in Australia, uh, the NTEU. Um, Bear in mind that where you are and what you think is sane, sensible, and progressive local policy will be seen by people who don't like you through a lens of agitation. I'm saying don't do it. I'm saying... Figure out what you're getting yourself into if you're going to go around when it comes to these things and plant flags just from the basis of you want to know where it could end up before you start, which is advice that I would give anyone about just about anything. But what I, the reason I'm saying this is I've seen this go badly. And not the fact that it's radicalized people, but the fact that someone's taken a stand about something, which is probably perfectly fine and sensible. And if they were dealing with reasonable people, they'd probably have a, a reasonable discussion with them about how it worked. But when they're not, and that doesn't happen, conflict can ensue. And it can end up kind of balkanizing the work that you do between different parties Uh, It can end up getting you into a bunch of shit with administrations. Now, far be it from me to not advocate for troublemakers. Trust me, I am strongly advocating for troublemakers. I'm saying know the parameters of the trouble. Not everyone is good. Some people get into taking a position on something with no appreciation of the environment and the social consequences. Should it be different? Yes. Is it? <sighs> Reality is a bitch. And a lot of people, I found this, these continual discussions in the US about the, you know, the far left Malones and the academy and the fucking, what, what's, what's the, the the thing? The critical race theory. What's his name? It's a big old conversation. Um no one who was against it could tell you what it was uh, they just knew that they did, they just knew that they didn't like it very much um, <laughs> i assure you your university is not run by wild-eyed communists who sit down in board meetings and talk about rep- rep- reparations and fucking uh, issues of social justice it's a fucking company it's run by people who used to run banks Uh, and hedge funds and other large organizations that have multi-billion dollar budgets and fiscal projections. And they think about everything at a macro scale. It is an institution like every other thing that makes and spends money in the corporate world is an institution. They think differently. They are not your friends because that's not what they're paid to be. You are Paying them money or they are paying you money in some kind of uh, customer, client, employee, employer relationship thing. They're not part of your mental world. It's just where you happen to do your stuff. Right. And There is a huge... It's just like the whole idea of a crazy left-wing institution. I mean, Harvard's pretty much a fucking hedge fund at this point. (laughs) Take all the endowments and shit and you stack it all up together. You look at how they manage it and what it does. Yeah, it's basically a hedge fund that also happens to own books, right? That's not some crazy institution that's interested in the center of progressivism at a core organizational level. Now, it's going to be plenty of people who are, especially people who are paid to do that, you know? So, you could have a great conversation about some of this with a diversity officer, but remember, even if it says it's a non-profit, it's a fucking company. Right. I felt important.
0: Before we finish up, let's talk about figure one. And this is a figure which, um, they put together time management, time management charts to help monitor workload and prioritize activities. And they show you some, uh, some suggestions for, um, academics across different career stages from being an early career student to a postdoc to a early career PI to a mid career PI, mid to later career PI. Um, so. Yeah, and and you um, this this is how this is how I actually discovered the paper <laughs> it was people tweeting about this figure. Well,
1: I I didn't. Yes, this is this is how I discovered the paper, and I had a, I had a good discussion with the author after this. I didn't see it as a, someone someone turned this into a meme, and then someone turned that into a meme.
0: I saw the meme I before I saw the paper. I didn't
1: see. The, I, I saw. I saw. I saw the meme before I saw the paper, and I, I had no. Intrinsic knowledge of where it was from, and I made one about being in a startup. Um, Did you already say the, that? Uh,
0: I saw the parent name Oh, is it like just,
1: it? it's just, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a silly thing, Dan. I make the largest category of the, the one that I think is replacing sleep here is being on the phone and saying, can you hear me now? <laughs> um, because I mean, it's it's a startup thing. There's so many people that like, you like. Know, you're talking to someone; they're in a different city. Something's moving around. They're here, you're there. You're continually moving between different formats. And I mean, academics complain about this. Trust me, you have no fucking idea. You're alive um, when it's like multiple times a day, someone somewhere, different cities, all the time, six, seven times a day. Sometimes all over the planet, all over the country, shitty phone reception, shitty mobile internet, and you just end up saying, Can you hear me now? A lot, over and over and over again. And that was funny to me in a very minimal kind of way. Um and I had absolutely no idea it came from an actual paper. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't. I mean, obviously, obviously, it would. Like someone out, out is is out there just making stealth graphs and putting them into the public consciousness. I mean, yeah, it makes sense, but I think this is there was there's people. Obviously, I mean, if there's memes about it. There's a lot of chat, mm. and the problem, the point of this is people people are being super fucking hostile to this graph. I mean, it's not a great graph, and they also said there's 164 hours in a week, which is a, a typo. Um, because it's 168. Yeah, it's 168. It has to be eight, seven times four. Um, and this is not supposed to be indicative. This is not a recommendation. This is just a graph that they made to illustrate a point. Yeah. Now, personally, I would not do this. I would not fill out a thing to be able to put all this time into that because I didn't fucking know. I mean, how granular are you going to get? I feel like it would, it would, I would track one of these things. Yeah. At a time. I know, I know that's how I do it. I would just do, I'll just do one, one fucking thing. You know, like how much time do I spend on my email today? Like, okay, I'll get an app and I'll figure it out. Yeah. Or is it like how much time do you spend with a thing open? I would uh, I would put something on the computer to monitor the, uh, the 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 activity of one specific program. I was like, how much time did you spend actually putting things into uh, a word document or a Google document or a LaTeX or whatever? Yeah, I wouldn't fucking fill this whole thing out and then measure it and then reflect on it over time. It's too it's too fucking structured, and I think the vast majority of people wouldn't do that either. But People thought this was a serious prescription for how they were supposed to live their lives. And they didn't read the fucking paper. I mean, I didn't read the paper. I thought it was a meme. Um, (laughs) And, and, you know, it's it's one of those things. I mean, there's a lot of people that I respect and agree with in general were shitting on this. And I think they were all being very unfair and it was very unworthy of them. They actually never looked at the context because we actually had the original thing, which is how it became a meme in the first place. You know? I mean back it up here. Some some people do need to be introduced to, to like structured ideas sure. on how to do adult shit. Sure. Right? Yeah, now is the graph a bit toilet? Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a it's a bit toilet. I find it really difficult to interpret. I keep looking like back and forth looking bit, at it uh... before, trying to figure out which of the fucking blue things was the blue thing. Um Yes, but I mean at the same time, this is it's such a if that's any kind of mistake at all, and it's not really it's just some minor detail, but you know, the irony was people were people were looking at like, oh, is that the social gathering slice that's like seven seconds long or something ha ha ha, Thank you so much for recommending that I spend seven minutes on. Fucking social gatherings, and which is not the point. The whole point was a graph can be drawn. Not this is a recommendation for how you live your fucking life. And the irony is, people who are worried about conditions for ECRs in the first place, who really care about this stuff, were taking great affront to the graph, which is from a paper it was saying ninety percent <laughs> of the shit that they agree with. It's
0: always, it's always a way. Uh,
1: so I mean, it's just it's the same everywhere. I mean, we give a lot of p- people a lot of shit. You know, and especially, you know, the the, the more sort of uh, the, our, our Zen brothers and sisters who are out there fucking, um, you know, advocating for better better conditions and fighting against the forces of bad science can often be heard to yell the phrase, oh, did you actually read the goddamn paper? Yeah? yeah? Well, you didn't. And you were very mean to these authors for no particular good reason. Um, and it's a silly thing, and I'm sure they'll be over it in a couple of days. but I mean, it's 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 reasonably, it's reasonably indicative of how people lose their goddamn mind on the internet. Um, look, and you know, that that all being said, I'm never gonna manage my time like that in one specific thing ever. I'm not. I think those, those. It's not an act, it's not an activity that I will do. I would I would sooner build a piece of hardware to do that for me from scratch than actually go through <laughs> my life and annotate it in six minute fucking intervals or something. But there
0: is a, there is really great software out there which automatically does this for you. Um, I forget I forget the names of it, but you can do those good, things. G-
1: good segue. Yeah, you can. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that will monitor processes on your computer yeah. just on a basic level. Won't collect any data. They'll tell you like what's open yep. and when.
0: Really handy stuff. You can you, um,
1: so so if, yeah, if you're actually interested, um, then like pick the couple of things that matter the most. Jesus. You know? It's like oh I've been at this party for four hours and twelve minutes, I'll write it in my notebook. Fuck that. Think about what like the primary core of like this one indicative category in something like this, I promise you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you can look at a lot that from you know, what apps you're using, what websites are going to the most. Um And hey, spending your time, I think, and yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: there have been some automated features that have tried to do this. Outlook occasionally tries to tell me some shit about what I did, Um, and it's wildly inaccurate. (laughs) Um, No, it's just, it's just wrong. So. Um, i couldn't i could i couldn't recommend that i think you need 101 yeah i think I, you I, to i've monitor the computer processors i've used an app i think
0: it's called timery which monitors mon- monitors the computer processors um so i think the most timery. important I, I, no i'm going to look it up ti- timery I, I think the most important thing is just clicking when your workday starts and when it ends. And I think it sort of notices when you're not actually doing any work. So it doesn't say that you've been spending, mm. you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. And
1: yeah, maybe the thing, maybe, yeah, just like if you're combining just like the raw existence of key presses, for instance, yeah. with um, like what, what process on your computer is using the most McFuck, you could probably get a lot out of that. I wonder if that has been, Done in that style because obviously, I mean, there's a tremendous privacy implications about installing anything like that. As might be expected, because it's basically a fucking keylogger. But and that's you know, a lot of people would never ever install it. I think. from memory, just the, the amount of keys pushed on aggregate. Ah, oh, it could it could work.
0: From, from memory, the algorithm is pretty good, and um, I've I've used it, and it's 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 just a nice way of seeing how yeah pe- people brag. Oh yeah, I, I spend forty hours a week writing manuscripts. I know you don't, mate. You spend forty hours a week making Facebook memes, but actually doing this kind of stuff, you can see where where you are <laughs> spending your time. It's really handy.
1: But we. Oh, you get you're so old. You just picked Facebook as a place for memes.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure my age.
1: Don't you know all the children are making top texts, Daniel? <laughs> we're
0: gonna we're gonna wrap. Go up. on,
1: get us out of here. We're gonna
0: wrap up this episode. Um, read read the article. Read it for yourself. We will post a link to it, of course, um, on, in the show notes. Um, but yes, thanks for listening, and we'll be back again very soon with our next episode. Everything hurts. See you, James.
1: Yeah, see you later.